Happy birthday. Man, what a great, great, wonderful, wonderful guy. Evan Pitts is the real deal. Since he gave his life to Christ, he never turned back, and he's never shrunk back from any challenge. So proud of you. What a great, great leader. So blessed to have you and my family and our ministry. You just can't explain church. It's just you can't explain it. I love going to church. I always change whether I'm preaching, singing, sitting. When I leave church, I'm always different. I was, God had a great idea. Church is an awesome idea. And you can't explain it, but it's beautiful. Tell somebody, God is growing very fond of you. Just tell someone next to you, God is growing very fond of you. You've got problems, but he's growing very fond of you. Just something about you he is just growing fond of. I love that. Sometimes when I'm feeling a little bit uh, tired, I, I always hear that in my head now. Papa's growing very fond of you. Always makes me smile. Some of you don't know, you didn't see the movie. But you should have. The shack, that's a good, I call it the shack attack. You better bring up Kleenex if you go to that movie, because it is really something powerful. I've noticed a lot of Christians whining about it. It seems like uh, the devil is always in unity. Bad people, <laughs> Christians can't seem to get it together. <laughs> but that is a wonderful, life-changing movie. How you doing? And I, I, wanted, I don't want to sound spiritual, but I was planning on preaching something, and I was got my mind last night, I was going to preach something else, and I got up this morning, I sat in my bed, and the Holy Spirit said, preach this. So uh, I said, okay, because I really love to preach about this, and because God really is an encourager. You know, it, He is an encourager. He wants us to live brave. And wants us to live strong, wants to live at our best, and doesn't want us to be fearful in life. So he's a great encourager. How many, how many of you had a mother that was a great encourager? Right? If you, well, you know, if you didn't, God is a great encourager. <laughs> and it, it's what people need most, I think, in this life is courage. And they need to be encouraged. The word courage comes from the word heart, like cardio. It comes from the word heart. To, 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 to be discouraged is to lose heart. To, you're, you're going through life with your heart not in it, right? To be discouraged, you just, you're still doing the thing, but you no longer have your heart in it. To be discouraged, to be encouraged means God put the heart back in you. How many want God to put the heart back in you, right? So that you're living life with a whole heart, full-hearted, wholehearted, going after God's best. So I want to talk to you about that today. Uh, I have, I'm going to talk to you about restoring your soul. Restoring your soul. How many of you love those restoration programs on TV? I don't care if they're restoring a 57 Chevrolet, or they're restoring an old uh, radio, or if they're restoring a house like, what's that, movie, what's that show? Fixer Upper. You know, you watch it. They're great. Someone told me that... That, uh, that fixer-upper is running more marriages in America than anyone can, because the, the, you might not have seen it, but the couple is so much in love, it's making everybody's wife mad. Like, why don't you do that? See how he's doing? And the guy's just doing my best. <laughs> but uh, the, the uh, fixer-upper programs, of course, you always love them because they're always taking something broken down 
and by the end of it, it's like they do the reveal, right? And it's like awesome, even on what's that car show where they steal somebody's car? Pimp my ride, that's one of them. What was the other one with the chip food? Overhauling, thank you. I knew somebody was gonna know. But you know, they steal somebody's car, it's a beat up piece of junk that they forgot about. And at the end, they had the big reveal. And, and you know, it's a, it's a car, it's a shiny car, and it's got a motor. And many times when they raise up the hood, the man starts crying like, oh, it's 454. <laughs> then his wife comes up, you know, like, hey, it's a, all the women are like, I don't understand. It's a car, but all the men are like, it is a 454. <laughs> How could they have done that? But it's so you wait, you wait for those moments because restoration is such a beautiful thing to have something that was almost given up on and have to go through a process. Those houses, they go through a process. And it's always the same process, right? It is always uh, that you walk in and, you know, Chip, he'll make a design. He'll draw how it's going to look or the designer will walk through and they'll say, I want to move this wall or this and you know, when you're when the designer is walking through, you're like, you know, because no one else in the room is seeing it. They're like, I hate these joints. We are not buying them. And then the designer comes in and says, No, it ain't that bad. We're gonna take this wall out. And the, and the designer says, It's gonna be good. Now you can tell the wife is like, I ain't buying it. The husband's like, But they have to trust the designer, right? And so, and they they see what it could be, and they start really trusting the designer. And then they go and they do the demo. Some of you know that. No matter where it's your car, they have to tear it all down. They do the demo. And then they go get everything new and start rebuilding it. And that process is, of course, I've been living that for eight weeks in that process. So I'm very acquainted with it. And it is a wonderful process of restoring. Some of you know this scripture. Most of you probably do. Psalm 23. I think I actually cried when I said 454. I think I feel... I think I got tears actually in my eyes. I got into that part. <laughs> I'm not a Chevrolet guy, so it didn't touch me that deeply. But if you're a Chevrolet guy, 454 really makes you, touches you. All right, I lost almost everybody just then. Psalm 23, the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let me stop there for a second. I, for many years, I always misunderstood it. Like, if he's your shepherd, why wouldn't you want him? Then I realized that's not what it means. It means the Lord is my, because the Lord is my pastor, I have everything I need. I shall not be in want. That's how we would say it. I, the Lord is my shepherd. I will never be in want because the guy who owns it all is my pastor. Right? He, let's read it. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Why is it this always sounds better in King James? I'm going with it. If he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth. I know it's not uh, in there, but I'm saying it. He restoreth my soul. Tell somebody he restoreth my soul. Not just restores, he actually restoreth my soul. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
Thou preparest a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup is running over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, tell somebody, life is good. <laughs> life is good, right? God already has it. He's got it all planned out, and he wants your soul to be restored. God's already got the ending, but somewhere in the middle, you can get raggedy and broke down, can't you? And if you have to understand that God is a restorer of your soul, the soul is the part of in you that's emotional, that feeling, right? And even though you know some good things that God has promised you, you know they're true, but sometimes your soul just can't reach up and grab them. You know what I'm talking about? You can't feel it. You want to feel it, but you're like, Ugh. I don't feel it, but I want to feel it. And your soul, I love, love David in the psalm said, talk to his soul. He said, soul, why are you upset inside of me? Why are you so up, messed up? Why are you so sad? He speaks to his soul. And then he says, hope in God. You know, sometimes you got to get your soul restored. Now, you have a spirit. You love God. But we live in a world where we just can get rolled over if we're not careful. That just seems like it happens on a regular basis. And you have to understand God is in the business of restoring your soul. It's part of life. you got to go through a restoration. Diane and I, before we came to church this morning, we said, you know, our house looks our house is terrible, but, we, but our car is pretty nice, so let's go wash it. <laughs> we, but we went to the car wash today and look at it. Bam, restored our car. And it just you just feel better when you've gone through a restoration, right? So I want to just give you some things, some thoughts. I'm going to give you five soul-restoring thoughts. You can take these to the bank. You can use them all day. When someone says, you know, trust in the promises of God, these are five that you might want to think about. They're not all promises, but they're all good advice that are going to restore your soul, okay? Number one, get some rest. He makes me lie down. Number one, he makes me lie down. How many of you don't want to lay down? You know, when you get in a project, like, I wish I was still 21 and working on a project because when everybody goes home, I'd still be working. I could work all day when I was 21. Now it gets 5 o'clock, and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm about to quit my own job. I'm dragging up on my own job. <laughs> like, I, I have these imaginations like, oh, I'm going to work all night tonight. I'm going to do it. Tonight. Then I go to bed like, no, man, give me some Cheerios. <laughs> I'm going to watch TV tonight. <laughs> But it is true that sometimes we get into something that's a relationship problem, it's a financial issue, it's an issue in our personal life, it's an issue in our marriage, and we don't rest. We push it, push it, push it, it's got to happen now, and you make so many mistakes when you're tired. Right? I was tired one day, and I decided I still had enough energy to cut this rare, valuable piece of wood. But I thought, I can do it. And I was blurry when I was trying to do it. I was like, I can do it. And of course, it came out like this thought to myself, you know what, you just need to get some rest. The next day I was able to do it. It is so true that when you're tired, you're not you. You know how you, you how many raise kids? 
And when they start acting a fool, you say, he just tired. He just need a nap. Come on, somebody. Right? And you know when they need a nap, what you, you know you can't fix them. Am I right or wrong? I need somebody preaching with me, some mama's preaching. You know that when, when, when Junior's tired, do not take him to a restaurant. I was with Jackson and Becca last night, and, and we, were, we were at the, close to a restaurant, and, uh, and, and Jackson went to Blinken. And I had been in the restaurant with him a couple nights before, and he was super loud, like his mom was. Becca could embarrass you in a restaurant. So, so, so I'd already had experience Jackson tired, and so he, Chris said, hey, he's blinking. That means he's tired. I said, really? I said, y'all want to go to the restaurant? Then I said, no, y'all don't want to go. <laughs> I even told him the answer. Y'all want to go to the restaurant? No, y'all don't want to go. Jackson's tired. <laughs> and they were like, that's true. Let's just pack it up. Right? Because you can't. If a kid can't get right when he's tired, you can't get right when you're tired. Some people think there's a crisis, and the crisis is you're wore out. You know, if you and your wife just took a weekend at the beach, spent a few dollars, you'll find out you don't have a marriage problem. You're just about to fry yourselves trying to do everything. Don't get in an argument when you're tired. Because every dumb thing you say sounds smart when you're tired then the next day you're like why did i say that that was stupid what did i even what was i even thinking but it sounded at the moment it sounded perfect like it made perfect sense that's how you do when you're tired now you don't think like sounds that doesn't sound like profound advice listen the first thing god does is say he makes me lie down in green pastures he makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me lie down. He makes me lie down. He makes you lie down. Listen, some of you, he's making you lie down, and you're still fighting it. You're still, he said, no, I want you to lay down. I want you to be still. No, I'm God. No, no, I got to. See, it's all that I got to stuff that gets you in trouble. I got it. You, you, just be quiet. Just step back, right? Give it a rest for a second. Most of your problems that you're still dealing with are moments when you should have taken a breath, but you went ahead and did it. You went ahead and bought the truck. You went ahead and did the deal. You went ahead and said, walked out the door and got in the car and drove to mama's house. You just, you know what? Take a step back, slow your roll, and get some rest. Don't make decisions when you're uptight and nervous and pressured and you got to know by tomorrow, I just want to get it over with. Stop. God, the beginning of restoring your soul is making you lie down. Step back. Reevaluate. Listen, I found this a long time ago. It's never as good as you think, but it's never as bad as you think. It's never as good as you think it is, but it's not as bad. You need to step back. I, I found that, you know, sometimes late in the evening if I'm working on any kind of project, a sermon even, and I'm looking at it. By the time it gets late, I'm thinking, this is just terrible. It don't make any sense. This was the devil gave me that message. That is not, right? And you, you're looking at something, you know, in your house, and you're, I'm working on it, and I'm looking at it like, man, this whole thing was terrible. And then I tell myself, oh, wait a second. You're tired. It's probably going to look different in the morning. And sure enough, I take a nap and get up, and I'm like, man, this is awesome, Right? If you, and some people, they think in a way that keeps themselves tired. 
you think in such a condemning way, I'm not good enough, uh, you know, I'm, I'm dumb, I'm, this, things always happen to me. You've got such bad thoughts of habit that even when you start going to church, you make yourself tired. God's not pleased with me. God's upset. You're always trying to, you make yourself tired. You live tired. Some people wake up tired. They dream tired. Right? And they just wake up. Last night I dreamed nobody liked me, but then I got elected governor of Louisiana. I was like, I don't nobody even like me. I'm the governor. I told Diane when I woke up, I said, you know what? I need to think about what my policy is. I didn't know I was going to get elected. I got to come up with a platform. <laughs> The governor doesn't have a clue. <laughs> well, you need to dream dreams that bring you life, not dream dreams that deal with your conflict. You need to dream dreams that make you feel refreshed and renewed. How many of you don't like those My Pillow commercials? I don't like them. That guy needs to give that mustache back to the 70s. <laughs> He's a nice guy, but I can't take another commercial with that little jingle on the end. But it's my pillow. The best time sleep in the whole wide world. My pillow. Like, come on, man. You can do better. But at the, in the commercial, it says, you're going to wake up restored, refreshed, and renewed. And I'm like, I don't like the commercial, but those three words, that must be a magic pillow. You know what? Your, pill, your pillow, I didn't buy one, by the way. It still aggravates me. But, but the restored, Restored, refreshed, renewed. God wants to give you that. He wants you to find your rest in Him. Jesus says, Come unto me, all you that are laboring and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and you will find rest unto your souls. Some of you, your body is resting, but your soul is still tired. Right? God today is going to give you some peace, some rest in your life. What is my pillow? It's not something you can buy. What makes you refreshed and restored is the prom go to sleep on the promises of God. You fall asleep saying, you know what? This may not have been a great day, but I think I'm just tired right now. I'm just going to, I'm just going to sleep and just receive peace in my sleep. You wake up, when you sleep on the promises of God, you wake up refreshed renewed, restored. Number two, design and demo. Number two, design and demo. I love this scripture. It's one of my go-tos in my life. It says, well, write, write this down. Forgetting the past and press it into the calling of God. Forget the past and press into the calling of God. Philippians 3, 13, 14 says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward, what, forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I love it. You want to restore your soul? You've got to forget some stuff. There are some things you are never going to figure out. Why didn't your daddy love you? Why did your mama treat you this way? Why did your boyfriend leave you? Why did your husband cheat on you? There are some things you are not going to find the answer to this side of heaven. So guess what? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. I just discovered that app, Let Go. I'm buying stuff like crazy. Somebody stop me. 
I bought a chair. I looked at it like, who would own a chair like that? I went and bought it and went to the person's house, picked it up like that. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Tell somebody, let it go. Just let it go. Let that argument go. Let that mistake, let that failure that you went through, that thing that you wish you hadn't done, let it go. Come on, say it. Let me help you. Let me give you some soul therapy. Say it with me. Say, I refuse to focus my life on things I cannot change. Tell somebody next to you, say, I refuse to focus my life on things I cannot change. You can't change your past, but your past can change you. You can't change what happened yesterday, but what happened yesterday can make you different today. you got to learn the, the art of life is letting go. The art of life. Here's the greatest writer of the Bible saying, here's your, here's your secret to life. Forget and move on. Move on. All the great receivers, if they drop a pass, they don't remember the one they dropped. They think about the one they're going to get. But most humans are like, dang it, what the finger? Well, drop that thing. I'm getting paid. I can't believe. But the great ones like Michael Jordan, he don't worry about the shot he just missed. He wants the ball again because he's about to make one. He's got his mind and what's about to come. Faith is about the future. Fear is about the past. You're not going to live in the past. You're going to live in God's future for your life. Nobody's going to do that for you. Nobody can make you forget. Nobody can let go. How many of you, you know you're in your heart, you're a hoarder of bad thoughts. You ought to get rid of them, but look, you're in your house, you're like one of those hoarders. You can't even get in. you got thoughts stacked up to the ceiling. Right? You, get, you still got your mama's rocking chair in there. You got a broke lawnmower you're going to fix one day. You know you ain't going to fix the lawnmower. You got a bunch of old paper, newspapers, and you're like, everybody else knows you're crazy, but you don't know you're crazy. That's the thing about a hoarder, and a hoarder will say, I'm a hoarder, I can't help it, but you're crazy. Nobody wants to be around you. I know, I'm just a hoarder. And you want to tell them, stop it. Stop hoarding up and holding on to something you're not going to use. Listen, ladies, you're not going to get down to that dress size again. Come on, somebody. Don't hold it. You wore that in high school. You're not going to wear it again. Let it go. <laughs> Husbands, just don't look over at your wife right now. Oh, you look at your wife's closet. She says, pick me out something to wear. And everything you pick, oh, that don't fit me, but I'm holding on to it. I'm thinking, I don't even want to. <laughs> I bought it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shrink down to it. That was three years ago. We're going to have to let that go. <laughs> I can't let it go. I can't, I can't let it go. I can't let it go. I can't. Look, I've become an expert. I'm doing this house. There's a lot of good stuff. You just got to burn. You know what? We started a fire in Kentwood. I told him we were going living some Paris style. The, the, the guy came up and said, aren't you in the city ordinance? I said, yes, we are, but we're from Livingston Paris, and I don't know any better. I started a fire. I couldn't quit. I just kept putting stuff on. It burned for 24 hours. That's not even a lie. It burned. <laughs> Some of it I might exaggerate, but this, that, <laughs> that thing burned. That thing burned for 24 hours because I kept thinking, let's throw something else up in there. I stepped, I was cutting things, grabbing things in the house because it just felt good to see it all go. Oh, we're going to need that beam. You're not going to need that beam. Burn it. See, people that live happy are people who let it go and burn it. You know those clean-out people? You know the clean-out people who you have your special drawer with all your broken scissors and rubber bands and 
coupons from you know, Popeyes. You've got everything in there, and you can't find anything. Here's an idea. Throw it all away. You go to somebody's happy, you look at their house, their drawer, you're just peeking like, dang, there ain't nothing in that drawer. Everybody's got one of those drawers you put everything in. But yet, here's an idea. You're never going to use it. Let it. Oh, she says, I do use it. I do no. <laughs> Nobody's taking my drawer. That's my drawer. Just leave that drawer right where it is. I know where everything is. I know every. That's where that pen is at. That green and blue pen. That one that has both the green and blue. It's in there. It is true. She'll, she'll surprise you. I say, where is this? She says, it's just over there under the thing. Under the, she, here's the deal, man. Happy people live light. Happy people let it go. Look, I, look, I didn't even want to preach this, but I'm just enjoying myself now. Because demo is about throwing away good stuff. There are some relationships you just got to let go. I just want to make it work. It ain't going to work. I believe God can. I know. Well, let's believe God. But listen, you need to stay out of that because it's a mess. And every time you get hooked up with those same old people because that's your old buddy, you end up doing stupid things again. And you know what? Some of those relationships were just for a season, and they're out of season now, and they're poison to your life, and you just got to walk away. Sir. <laughs> they might, who knows? They might come back. It might be wonderful. But right now, every time you get involved with that, you need to realize this is not good for me. I'm moving on. Tell somebody, you just got to move on now. Move on. Listen, don't allow other people's problems to become your problems. There's a time to just let it go. Let God deal with them. Jesus never got hung up in what people liked or didn't like. He just moved on. He the, told his disciples, shake the dust off your feet and move on. You need to get some dust off of your feet, some things that have been clinging on, draining you down, stealing your success, stealing your creativity, stealing your ideas. You could be doing great things, but you're still worrying about Sue and Boo and whoever else it is. Let it go, man. Focus on God's calling. Focus on the things you can fix. You can't fix that past. You can fix your future. Focus on the things you can change. Focus on what you can do about today and what you can do tomorrow. Forget about yesterday. Well, I really blew it. Forget about it. Move on. Move on. It's time for you to let it go. If you want to be in the peace of God, if you want to have your soul restored, you're going to have to clean out that closet and throw away that stuff you don't need. You're going to have to let go of that stuff and just burn it. It's, it's nice stuff. It's good stuff. You might wear it one day. Throw it away. If you're not going to wear it tomorrow, if you can't wear it the next week, get it out your closet. I know from some women that was like, I can't even believe he's in my business. If you can't wear it, get rid of it. If it's not good for you, get rid of it. Live light. Number three. Are you okay? Look at let me wake you up a little bit. Look at somebody and say, get busy dreaming. Just tell them, get busy dreaming. Forget about the past. Get, you were born to dream. You're a dreamer. you got a dreamer living inside of you. Forget about the past. Start dreaming again. Start dreaming about something great that God's going to do through you and with you. Get busy dreaming again. Number three, lead beside still waters. Lead beside still waters. Now look at John, John 16, 33. I love this. This is the amplified version. Come on, lead beside still water. Be led beside still waters. John 16, 33. I have told you these things. Listen, 
so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. Now, let me stop there for a moment. Some people think when I, when I give my life to Christ, then I shouldn't have any trouble. Now that I'm trying to serve God, what, that if you're looking for the trouble-free life, it ain't coming. You can get mad, frustrated. Look, life, kids, marriages, money, life's full of trouble. So stop trying to expect that if I do the right thing, everything's going to go perfect. It's just not going to happen. Matter of fact, if you do the right thing, things might get worse. I don't know. But I know this, this is what Jesus said, but be of good cheer. Matter of fact, change number three to cheer up instead of leave besides the water because it's easier. Cheer up. Tell somebody next to you, cheer up. That's what Jesus said, but be of good cheer or cheer up. Jesus said, cheer up. Although you're going to have some trouble, cheer up. Listen why. Take courage and be confident, certain, and undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you and have conquered it for you. You ought to give God a shout. I mean, look, that just makes me happy. Jesus said, look, okay, here's the deal. In this world, you're going to have trouble, but cheer up. I've overcome the world. I took away its power to hurt you. It doesn't matter what happens to you. You're going to overcome it. It doesn't matter what you face. You're going to go right over it. It doesn't matter what comes against you. You're going to roll right over it because I already won this thing for you. Live like someone who has courage. Live like someone who's not afraid. Cheer up. In other words, smile. You know you're going to win. In Christ, you're going to win. I don't care who but my kids, they're going to be all right. But my money, they're going to be all right. But your mom, going to be all right. It's all going to be all you For you, God is involved in every detail of your life, and he is making it work. Next point. i got to get to the next one. It's working for you, not against you. This is more green pastures to lay in. It's working for you. 2 Corinthians 4, chapter, the 17th verse. Listen to this. I love this. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. Now, this is the Amplified Version. For our light and momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory. Let me stop right there. The King James actually says, it's working for you. In other words, you think what you're going through is working against you, but it's actually working for you. Next time somebody pulls, you're trying to hurry, and you're trying to get somewhere, and you've got something to take care of, and someone pulls, some, somebody pulls in front of you and starts driving, and it makes you want to cuss. Don't say it, don't. Even though you're a Christian, you still want to say, hmm. Because <laughs> you're like, this person, I'm going to not be a Christian for one second. Then I'm going to go back to being a Christian. And your blood pressure shoots to, you know, 5 million. And, and you feel like, if I could legally bump them, I would bump them right now just to teach them a lesson. I think we should change the law. And, but next time someone does that, remember, 
this delay is working for you. Because somebody might run a stop sign and put your wife in the hospital who's sitting on the other side of the seat. So next time somebody delays you, don't be angry at the one delaying you because it's working for you. It's working for you. You don't have to live frustrated and angry and mad at everybody because you can't get your thing done. Listen, God has a time for your thing. God has a place for your thing. He's working out your thing. It's going to work. But you have to understand that even some things that are coming against you are working for you. One day you'll say thank you for what you did to that person or to that situation. It says it's working for you. Uh, producing and achieving for us everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comparison and all calculations of vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. Man, I want some of that. How about you? Now listen, let's stop right there because i got to finish up. It says it's working for you a weight of glory. A weight of glory. Now, in the Greek language, the word glory means weight. Now, like when we were singing somewhere toward the end there about revival and rain, it got heavy. You can't explain it, but there was something in the room. That's what glory is. Like, it's not just like you're hearing a song on the radio and it's you're liking it, but there was something like impacting you. You felt the weight of it because you're like, this is not from this world, and I, I don't know what it is, but I want to be around whatever that is. That's what glory is. It means the weight of influence. And the Bible says that when you pass through something, you think it's working against you, but you're going from being a lightweight to a heavyweight. You're going from being somebody shooting off your mouth like you know everything about everything. You don't know anything about anything until you walk through it and you still love God. That's a fact. There are some things that you can only learn through walking through it. And you can be hating it every moment you walk through it. But when you walk through it, you can say, uh, look, I used to be a lightweight reading scriptures I didn't know anything about. But now I can tell you it's true. It's all true. See, somebody who came out of a fire they can tell you about fire safety. Someone who came out of a super difficult situation, you better listen. They're not just talking. That, that person has something to say that will impact your life. Why? Because they've earned the weight of it. Like someone who loses a child. You better listen because I pray to God you never lose one. But there's something they learned. They got some weight out of that. You better listen. Because uh, hopefully you don't have to learn that lesson some other way. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's working for you. You might not think it's something special, but that thing you feel like is going to kill you, the Bible said it's working for you, a greater weight of glory, a greater surpassing glory. You're becoming somebody. You're becoming something. What's happening in you can never be taken away from you. Not now, not in eternity. Isn't that wonderful? It's work. Tell somebody it's working for me. And let's, this is my favorite scripture in the Bible, or at least one of them. Romans 8, 28. Last point, it's working together for your good. It's working together. And this, I love this. And, and we know that all things 
work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose, all things are not good. A murder, a rape, a divorce, something terrible. You can never say those are good things. But God said, all things are working together for your good because you love God and because you are called according to his purpose. God is turning that thing around. I don't care if it's a flood. I don't care if the whole world came against you. I don't care if you fell back into your past and you feel ashamed. Everything is working for you. Everything, even your failures are working for you. Even the things you didn't think could work for you, those things are working for you because you love God and because you're called according to his purpose. Come on. I love that scripture, and I'm finishing. I love that scripture. I love what David says. When your soul is restored, he finally gets it. He says, surely, I love that word, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. I don't have hounds on my trail. I don't have the devil on my heels. I've got goodness and mercy about to overtake me. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Oh, man, I feel like preaching now. Listen, you, because you love God, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be mistake-free. I got one promise for you. Goodness and mercy, they're about to, I don't care what you're going through. you got some goodness and mercy about to catch up with you. You don't know why God was so good. You don't know why he gave you another chance. But goodness and mercy, they're following you. I don't care if you fall down. Goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life. All the days. Come on, say it with me. Say all the days of my life. You believe that promise? Well, my kids got trouble. Goodness and mercy about to follow you. I'm going through something difficult right now. Goodness and mercy. That's about to follow you. About to catch up with you. You ever see a Mack truck in your back, in your rear view, and you're like, please, I hope that person sees the stop sign? Goodness and mercy is like that Mack truck. I don't care what you're going through. It's about to catch up with you. Not the devil. Not all the wrong things you did. Not all the mistakes you made. That's not about to catch up with you. What's about to catch up with you is something that you didn't deserve because Jesus received what you deserved so that you could receive what he deserves. Goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life. Come on, say all. All the days of my life. And then he says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What's he saying? When your soul is restored, here's what it sounds like. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. The rest of my life, done all my eternity secure this deal is a done deal when i gave my life to christ i know that i know that i know whatever i go through is working for me i know that i know i'm going to end up on my feet i know i know i'm going to end up blessed i know i'm going to end up in abundance and then i'm going to spend eternity in his house come on bow your heads with me it's a wrap man 
When you give your life to Christ, it's a wrap. You don't have to fear the future. You can live without fear of the future. You can live without the burdens of the past because of the cross. It's not cheap. He paid the price so that you can live in perfect peace. In Christ, your past is forgotten. Your present is prosperous. And your future is secure. You are bought by the blood. You can live boldly. You can love freely. You can give joyfully. You can risk courageously. You can be the best you. You can make a difference. You can change the world because Jesus is changing you. Come on. Come on, let's just pray before we go.